Welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hey, welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast about a couple who um, meet in the middle on horror stories. I'm trying to find new ways to describe it. Sounds like a really shitty ABC pilot from the 80s. (laughs) Well... I'm trying to find an interesting way to sum up that we are a couple who uh, I um, have big reactions to when I'm scared, and Josh loves things that are scary, and so we made a podcast to try and work through and meet in the middle. Yep. Also, I have very low reactions to things, like... Yes, he does. I can attest, I can get my mom on here sometime to tell you that there would be like Christmas mornings when I would like open presents. I'd be like, oh man, that's awesome. Like, I got, I got a super shredder figure. Oh, yay. My girlfriend got me a signed print of the first movie we ever saw together with all of our favorite actors and actresses signed on it. Yay. I'm, I'm. What? Perpetually underwhelmed by everything in life. I have learned that the secret to my happiness as far as that is I call Jason Jones first and ask him and tell him what I got you. And then his reaction is what I want. And then we give it to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that man. <laughs> That's awesome. Like he saw the Jake the Snake uh, cameo before anybody. He saw, I'm pretty sure he kn- knew about it every he didn't know about the Nicolas Cage stuff just because I was COVID Christmas was weird. Yeah, but I uh, I don't I, I don't need a gift intermediary. I tell I, t- I tell your best friend, and then he goes, he will love. Oh, that is awesome! Like that's right. That's the that's what I wanted. And then Josh just goes, well, thank you very much. That was awesome. Thank you. I just I've never been a person who does big emotions. Yeah, and I all. do really big emotions. Like, at all like like when people in my life have died i'm just like man this is really sad like i don't really i don't think that's healthy honey i mean it's just it's me i'm you know heartless and cruel i understand no, i was gonna say just underwhelmed by everything <laughs> and i'm his girlfriend cindy <laughs> life is underwhelming <laughs> oh it's mystery <laughs> I mean, you just everything in the universe is underwhelming. Oh my god! (laughs) Okay. Not really, not really. I I got the reaction I wanted. I wanted to crack you up. So this is March, and uh, our flavors of the month we're doing HP Lovecraft flavors. Yeah, Yeah. flavor of the month is HP Lovecraft. Spoiler alert: He only ate vanilla (laughs) because he was really racist. He super was. Um, and then so we've watched The Resurrected was last week. The week before that was From Beyond. What are Mm -hmm. we doing this week? I've already Um, forgotten. Dagon. We're going. Oh, that sounded like a racial slur. Uh, Dagon. No, it's not. But. Kinda. Yeah. I can see where it would sound like one. Okay. Day um, gone. It's D A G O N. Oh, um, so it's like a name. I, okay. Day gone. Yeah. Also, let me just allay the fears of the audience and say that I do cry. I, I do have feelings. Watch Monster Squad with me. You will see me cry. Um. So there. Okay. Feelings I have. So day gone. Day gone. It is a lengthy. One hour and 38 minutes. My favorite kind it is of movie. Rated R. This movie was released July 23rd. I'm sorry. This movie was released October 31st, 2001. Wow, you were way off. <laughs> well, 
There's a reason for that. Okay, October 31st, 2001. In Spain. Okay. Because this is a Spanish movie. Oh, It was released in the U.S. on July 23rd of 2002. Oh, that's okay. It was directed by not a Spanish director. It was directed by Stuart Gordon, our beloved Stuart Gordon, who did Dolls and From Beyond. Mm -hmm. They were pretty good. Yeah, it was a Spanish co-production. It was shot in Spain and... Is Fire, it yeah. Spanish? Like, the, it, will they be speaking Spanish they're or Spanish, watching the subtitles? They're Spanish and English. Spanglish? No, hmm. it's a terrible Adam Sandler movie that he really went for. I enjoyed it with Taya Leone. I like it when Adam Sandler tries. I wish he would do it more often. Okay. This has been Adam Sandler talk. I mean, <laughs> Uncut Gems is really good. I just wish he would do more shit like that. Um, what were you doing in 2001? Graduating high school. I was graduating college. Yeah. I, I graduated college December 2001. I graduated. I graduated full semester early. I graduated college years later. <laughs> I um, I dropped out of college uh, with a head full of mushrooms. <laughs> that okay. was my undergrad in Marshall. Thank you, Marshall. Lovely. Uh, and then I ended up finishing somewhere else years later. But I, yeah, I graduated high school, Payton City High School. What, what, in 2001. Okay, and then when it was released in America, what year was that? Or what was 2002, the I'm going, fuck about 2002. I'm here to talk about 2001. Uh, to, by, by September 2002, I was married for the first time. By 2002, I had gone to Marshall because it took a year off to work in a factory because my early 20s was a nightmare time. Oh. Well, Not really. I mean, yeah. just factory work fucking sucks. True. Uh, let's talk about 2001. Okay. Because things happened that year. Uh, well, yes. We all know what happened to America in 2001, but this is a Spanish movie, so what, what happened there? Fuck Spain. We're talking about America. Okay. We're talking about... We're talking about... <laughs> Here's what I wrote down. Here's what happened in 2001. It's not all bad. Actually, the movie we're doing next came out in a shittier year than 2001. All right. So... Duly noted. 2001. iTunes is launched. What? Fair. Yeah, I think that's... Mm, yeah. iTunes. Wikipedia is also launched. What? Fun. I use Wikipedia every day to look up useless shit. It's a and good time. Stored in my brain forever. Thank you, Wikipedia. Yay. Um, George W. Bush was sworn in as president. That was pretty shitty. That was weird. And that, that sucked that really fucking hard. Uh, the space station mirror fell from space. Remember that? It and it landed. was supposed to land on a Taco Bell sign. If it did, we would all got free tacos. But no, it landed nowhere near it. God damn it, Taco Bell. Fucking things. Um, <laughs> a little thing called 9-11 happened. Yeah, I don't know if anybody remembers. Yeah, I think we talked about that in the Devil's... What's the Devil's Rejects? The Devil's Backbone episode. Oh, because that also is a Spanish movie that came That's out in 2001, right. and which is yes. better than this movie. I mean, well, no it was a movie that we talked about that it, part of the reason it did not do as well as it should have was because of 9-11. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That's that one. Yeah. Yeah. I was living in Morgantown when 9-11 happened. For the okay. brief period of time I lived in Morgantown. Okay. Um, was it for a girl? Nope. It was for the party scene. Fair. <laughs> then you went to the right place. I never moved anywhere for a girl. I've never done that. Fair. I never do the thing where it's like, I went to this school because there was a girl. I'd never. That's a good thing. Yeah, I was always like, oh, so there's like a party here. Well, I mean, that's not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> I was but... this guy. And when, when I was like, when 9-11 happened around that time, psst, 
Y'all drinking? <laughs> Josh had a problem. Y'all want a party at nine in the morning? Yeah, um, I was. I say not. this as I'm drinking a hard seltzer because we're as we old. record. Uh, yo, he's having a little. He's having um, some water. The war in Afghanistan was that year. And I'm glad that thing was fast and yeah, isn't still isn't going. Yeah, isn't still going on right now. It's mm. It's like the greatest hits still there. of things that I hate from my lifetime because that's followed by the Patriot Act. Yeah. Remember the Patriot Act? And it got reauthorized by yeah. a bunch of people, including a shitload of Democrats, one yeah. of which is currently our president, who is a dickbag, but not as big a dickbag as our last president. So we tend to forget God, things. I hate hate our politicians. Josh is full of piss and vinegar today, guys. So Every day. Tell me about um, this damn movie. Hold on. The Green River Killer, Gary Ridgway, was captured in uh, 2001. Okay. That was That's good. A good That's thing. a good thing. Yeah. Uh, and Enron filed for Chapter 11. That was a bad. That was a mix. It was a mix. It was a mix. Okay. Um, people that were born in 2001. Okay. So they're 20 now. I, I just pulled this one for your son. Billie Eilish. Billie Eilish. She is the voice of a generation, it seems. Everyone mm-hmm. loves her. Hey, it's whatever. People that died that year, Dale Earnhardt. <clears throat> Why are you laughing? That shit sucked. It definitely... It, every time anybody dies, it's awful. But um, people really, really don't care about... Cindy, <laughs> never mind. All I'm going to say is... He didn't lock his seat properly, and he knew it as he was okay. a liability every time he went Can in. Can I rebut that mm-hmm. by saying to you... Nobody cares. Raise L, praise tail. Okay. Fair. Okay. <laughs> um, Joey Ramone died that year. Douglas Adams died that year. Wow. Jack Lemon. Yeah. Uh, George Harrison. Yeah. And Aaliyah. God. That was the year of the Aaliyah plane crash. Yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. That was a thing. And the word that I picked that was added to the uh, OED the, Oxford English no, Dictionary. Yeah, that was added to our language, mm-hmm. our was, cultural lexicon. I think it's super appropriate with having mentioned Jason. Bromance. Oh, that is that. Uh, that does describe you two pretty well. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about this movie. Talk about it. this movie, Dagon. <laughs> does. Does sound like a racial slur when you say it. It does. Uh, <laughs> okay, go ahead. It's actually the name of a short story, but yeah, it's also, worry. it sounds pretty okay. racist. Uh, like we said, it's directed by Stuart Gordon, who did Reanimator, Dolls, From He's Beyond. He's a fan of H.P. Lovecraft. Yep. Uh, it was written by Dennis Paoli, who also wrote Reanimator and From Beyond. So they had a pretty working relationship. Okay. Again. Tell me more. Again, uh, we mentioned this. In From Beyond, I'm going to give him another shout out. One of the producers, the is. most important producer, is Brian Usna, who also produced Reanimator. He directed Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, Initiation, and <laughs> oh, obviously. Society, which again, I repeat, we will at some point watch for this podcast. I'm not the one bugging you on because it. Because Society is fucking insane. I don't even know how to... Just saying yeah, that. It's I don't, fucking crazy. No context. That is correct. Society's yeah. insane. Okay. Let's talk about the cast because they're mostly Spanish, which brings we, we get to play one of my favorite games, which is... Trying to pronounce... Josh Butcher's people's names yeah. that are foreign. And sorry. feels bad about it. I'm so we sorry. We have an American public education. We didn't learn foreign languages, but we did to the National Anthem every day. Mm-hmm. That is very true. 
I once get kicked out of class for not standing for it. And then I was told I didn't have to after my parents knew of it. I was that kid. Yeah. I'm, I'm remaining silent because we've had this conversation <laughs> off mic about how you were that kid. And you would have been the bane of my damn existence just because you were contrary. Next. Uh, this movie stars Ezra Godden as Paul Marsh. He was Robert Van Clinken in Band of Brothers. I did not see Band of Brothers. Surprised to no one. Yep. My dad loves it. I'm uh, sure I would too. I just, I never see anything. There's going to be a lot of people in this movie that you've never heard of before. That's fair. Just it's a Spanish movie. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Francisco Rabel plays Ezekiel. He played, he's kind of a, actually a big deal. He's probably, I'm going to say probably, he's the biggest person in this movie. Uh, especially in Spain. So he ended up playing Goya three times. Of the Goya Bean family? No, of the painter Goya. Okay. Like the Spanish painter. Yes, I get that. Um, yeah. So the last one was uh, Goya and Bordeaux. He was Jorge and Louis, Louis Buñuel's Veridania. He was Maximo and Pedro Maldivar's Tommy Up, Tommy Down, which that movie is fucking wild. Okay. Uh, and Nilo and William Freakin's Sorcerer. All right. All of those movies that I just said with my mouth hole are pretty fucking good. Nice. You should check them so, out. Especially Sorcerer, because I don't know how that movie even got made. So that's an actor who knows how to pick a role, I suppose. I mean, he had been around forever. He actually died before this movie could be released. So it's... His, in, is this considered his last movie? Remembrance to him. I don't think it was his last, because he did like this and one other movie kind of at the same time. He had a few time. in the can when he died. And then this... He died in, like, August, and this came out in October. Roger. So gotcha. It's actually dedicated to him. Well, that's very um, nice. Yeah, it is. Uh, Raquel Welch. Moreno. Okay. She plays Barbara. Uh, she's most known for a action comedy movie called Airbag. Airbag? Yep. Okay. I'm assuming that's the translation to English from the Spanish title. Agreed. Uh, Macarena Gomez. Nice roll of the R there, sir. I do what I can. I do what I can. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, she plays Yuxia Cambaro. She's also known as Barbara or Sexy Killer in the movie Sexy, Sexy Killer. Killer. Oh, I guessed on that one. Yay! So there you go. <laughs> Two little bits of trivia about this, this delightful little gem before you watch it. Tell me. So this film mm. is titled Dagon, which is one of... Um, H.P. Lovecraft's short stories because this is H.P. Lovecraft month we're doing movies that are derived specifically from his works and And he wrote a short story called Dagon however while this is called Dagon this is not actually an adaptation of that short story this is an adaptation of a much longer story called The Shadow Over In's Mouth which is actually a really cool fucking story so why did he because Dagon sounds cool. Okay. And they're very much connected. Like, the stories are connected. Are there elements the sh- of the story Dagon in this one? or is Like, it- a little. But it is, like... It's mainly the it's other one. It's very much the shadow of Orin's mouth. Which oh, is a right. much longer piece. Like, we talked about from Beyond. He made a movie out of, like, a seven-page story. Yeah. <laughs> like, here's the opening. Let's just build whatever you want on top of that. Like, this actually does follow pretty closely an H.P. Lovecraft story with some changes like right. Spanish people instead of New Englanders but yeah alright uh, the other thing is that this movie Stuart this Gordon movie. and Dennis Paoli the writer 
planned on making this in 1985 as their follow-up to Reanimator. And it took... With Jeffrey Combs and Barbara Crampton. Oh, wow. It It did not happen because... It took 16 years to get it made. Yeah. Whenever they turned their script in, um, the company that had made Reanimator... We're not happy. Ended up making dolls and from beyond were like, yeah, this is too expensive. Wait, we're not <laughs> like, gonna do this. Um, you really, you really went for the the effects there, big guy. And which they is were good not to happy. Segue into the last thing I want to talk about briefly, which is before I show you the poster. Okay. This movie came out in two thousand and one. I also just said the words. This movie is very effects heavy at times. So you know what that means. Tell me. There's some sketchy, not great CGI in some points oh, on this movie. Yeah. So just a heads up on that. If you're one of those people that you're like, you know, nitpicky and you're like, oh, it doesn't look real, like that might annoy you. But it's just the product of its time. That's fine. Um, some of it looks good. As long as it's not all awful and racist. Some of it doesn't look good. I mean, it, it's, you know, Stuart Gordon, he was not a monster. Okay. He just adapted the works of a monster. Fair. <laughs> All right, so this is the part of the program where Josh shows me an original print from the movie, and I try to make up some sort of meaning of what uh, this movie might be about. Yeah. I am very rarely uh, correct. So the only, the I'll say, the shittiest thing about this movie it's, is this poster. It is terrible. It's a swirl with teeth in the middle of the little water tornado. And it says Dagon in like medieval dragon script. Um, is this about a sea mon- monster? I don't know, maybe. Okay, that's what I'm going to say. It's about a sea monster this time. Wait, or is that an eye? I don't know. What do you think it is? I'm going to say it's about a sea monster. Okay. You don't think it's about a giant eye that lives underwater? Mm-hmm. No, I'm good. It just gives people pink eye. Yeah. That's all it does. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, where are we watching this movie, or how are we watching this movie, I might ask? So I own the Blu-ray. There is a North American Blu-ray release, so mm-hmm. that's what we're doing. Okay. And if you don't have that, and I'm pretty sure most of you don't, <laughs> you're probably going to have to rent it off Amazon. This like, is a random, It's remember how it's spelled, it's weird. D-A-G-O-N. Right. This movie's good. Um, okay. I'm, I think this movie's going to have a solid bronze medal finish in the month for me oh oh that's right next week is our last week of late yep. p lovecraft week uh, month okay well we're off to watch this movie and uh we'll see you right back here in about an hour 40 mind the doors bye in a boat off the coast of España. Honey, our stock could be going underwater and we wouldn't even know it. What are you doing? I'm just going on vacation. I'd say we've got a storm coming up. Brace yourself! We're gonna have to take the raft into that town for help. We need help! What kind of church is this? What the hell's going on here? 
I'm uh, supposed to meet someone here? A woman? Senorita? You want to tell me what's wrong with everybody in this town? I tell you a secret. No one leaves. People come, but no one leaves. Why are you trying to kill us? What do we do here? I am Ushia. I've been waiting for you. Barbara? They And the child will be immortal. If it happens to me, you've got to promise you'll kill me. Forget your world and your friends. There will be no time. No today, no yesterday. Only the forever. And forever. And forever without end. I don't have a choice, do I? Dagon. We watched Dagon. Dagon, but Whatever. Dagon, Dagon. This was um <laughs> this was HP Lovecraft's version of like Squidward's hometown. Okay, fair, fair. Or uh or or Dr. Zoidberg. <laughs> I'll take that one too. Um, um, I can't wait to actually talk about There were a lot of tentacles in this the story. Lovecraft rationale behind this movie or behind the story Mm -hmm. because it's it's way less fun kind of being spirited damn well welcome back so what did everyone think did we like the orange shirted guy i i enjoy this movie i'm not gonna lie um it was a little slow it is a little slow but this movie checks a very specific horror box that i enjoy tentacle porn um well of course who doesn't love tentacle porn uh, no, this movie, <laughs> this movie is a weird subgenre I like to call, and everyone is now against you. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you go to a town, or a festival, or someplace different, and the whole world is suddenly against you, and that you're is all one alone. Of, that is my anxiety in yeah. a capsule. <laughs> yeah. Um, there are... Some horror movies, there are some horror movies that live in that world. And, and this is why I fun. find them very disturbing, which is why I enjoy this movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this movie was about a couple uh, that are in a, a boating accident, and the town that they go to turns out to be, hmm... They turn. I don't know what. I don't know what. Like they're not a cult. They turn out to be. I um, would definitely say cult is <laughs> applicable here. Okay, and they, they tear down the statues in the church and erect Dagon statues. Right. So they're worshiping like the fish. 
Well. And fucking it. Right. And they need to, um, like, it's not like a human sacrifice. It's a female that he can fuck. And, um, that's it. There are humans. It's so weird. So there are. I'm not like, sure the sacrifice rules the males. This Cthulhu. They don't really go into the exact rules. So the males get skinned alive. Spoiler alert. This movie is oh, a that, tale right, of right, right. two types of effects. Because the CG effects are shaky. Like the stuff with the oh, boat. Right. You're like. Mm-hmm. It did kind of look very like something from the sci-fi channel. But then when they skin that. They skin that like Ezekiel whatever his name is mm-hmm. um, they skin him alive that shit is fucking gnarly <laughs> like that sequence I was watching it because you closed that your eyes that was so foul the whole oh, time oh my gosh the pretzy yeah. guy the whole time when he's just like lifting his face off like the skin off of his face mm-hmm. I was like holy shit I forgot how gnarly this looks shoot that was super yeah. gross yeah the they're <laughs> yeah the practical effects versus the computer effects what held yeah, out yeah a tale of two cities why practical always looks better always um, do you have an IMDB review they probably encapsulate it a little better than I do a boating accident runs a young man and woman ashore in a decrepit Spanish fishing town where they discover it is in the grips of an ancient sea god and its monstrous half-human offspring which are um, Dagon. Dagon. Yeah. That's much easier. The long story short, there are two couples that are well off. um, Yeah, millions. Two young Spanish people, two young, or two older American people, they crashed their boat. They ended up getting stranded in this town. Mm-hmm. The town is full of fish-human hybrids mm-hmm. that capture people and then skin the males alive and then Where take their the skin? females. No, they just hang them. Hmm. Then they hang the females over a pit and then dip her in the water and let an ancient... Uh, fish god have sex with her in a really and that produces these offspring yeah he just like I guess they don't show it yeah thankfully I didn't want to see a woman fuck a fish it just looked like she was dipped in oil yeah to this day still don't want to see a woman fuck a fish but she just gets and dipped yet in the water. The Mermaid is still sexy. Ugh, no, she's not. <laughs> That's my least favorite of the '90s Disney movies. What? Um, yeah. This there, movie. I like it. I like it. Are there any sort of thematic yes. elements? 100%. Okay, here we go. 100%. And it goes back to the original story that this is based off of. Okay. So, so tell me about, about this. How, Educate me in H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah, we talked about how this is actually titled Dagon, but it's based on his book. It's based on his book Shadow Over Anne's Mouth. Mm-hmm. And it was written... Uh, as a horror novella in 1931, and it's the only story he wrote that was published as a book in his lifetime. So everything else was kind of like short. Oh, form. that's right. Yeah, like magazine type things. Yeah, articles and Journalist. whatnot. This was the only thing that was ever actually published as a book while he was alive. Um, and the story is it, because we know we've established in the past several episodes that H.P. Lovecraft was a racist monster. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. wrote this story with the half-fish people to be a warning for why we shouldn't mix the races. Oh. Huh. 
Like, this is what happens when you uh, mix the bloodlines. You get monsters that will eventually destroy society. Oh my god. Or you get more beautiful (laughs) color roses than you can ever imagine. Well, not in this story. And... (laughs) Not in this story. So that's what he was doing in 1931 when he wrote the story. Fuck that motherfucker. And I think it's really interesting that this story is basically about... Don't mix the races. Because Do you think that's why they didn't give it that title? So that people would be fooled into watching? Like, oh, it's based on Dagon. No, because I, I don't think a lot of most people know that what either of those things are. Well, but people who I would think, know. I think Dagon is like a shorter, catchier name. And people are like, oh, the shadow over Innsmouth. Just, it's a lot. It's yeah. a very wordy title. And they wanted to have some sort of Lovecraft connection. But I think what I'm trying to get at here is... Is that... This um, is a fairly good movie. It's a good movie, but the thing you have to remember with Lovecraft is... He created the sandbox of like a really cool mythology. Because the original story... He also did something that I don't remember a lot of old... Like writers from the period doing this, he wrote a lot of like second person, mm-hmm. and he wrote a lot of like this story. It's been a long time since I've read *The Shadow of Rain's Mouth*. Actually, the last time I read it, I didn't even read it. I had it read to me in the form of like an audio play. It was Love really cool. audio books. They're my second favorite thing next <laughs> to podcasting. But the story is a guy is relating to you the story. Of this town called Innsmouth, which was torpedoed and destroyed by the American government, and the people in the uh, the other town area, like mm-hmm. around Massachusetts, think they did it because they were all bootleggers and like thieves. And it was this fishing village that the government just had to like wipe out because they were awful. All right. But in reality, it was because, much like this movie, they were they had um, made a deal with. Cthulhu, which they very clearly make it seem like it is Cthulhu in the story. In okay. this, they're like, do they call him Dagon in the movie? I don't I think, think so. she ever says Cthulhu. In this no, 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 she doesn't. But that's definitely the image I got when it yeah. crawled out to get the woman at the end. Mm-hmm. So he's relating the story of how the city was destroyed, and he escaped, and then the homeless man was there, and he helped him. He was, still, you know, all that is in the movie. But he goes back to, I think, Ohio, where he's from originally. And he does his family lineage and finds out he's related to the guy who started the whole thing and starts transforming into one of these fish people. Okay, so that's why they kind of have that at the end. go back to the underwater place where the fish people live at the end of the story because he's one of them, which I think was Lovecraft saying, if you're a mixed race, you're, you're an other. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, you're, you'll always be another, no matter how many generations down the line you get. You'll mm-hmm. still have that, because, again, he's a monster, and that's him, that's not me. But I think why I love Stuart Gordon so much is he took all of that and turned it by making, partially because it was the only way he could get the money to make it, making everyone in Spain and taking the American context out of it. Okay, 
which, which I was wondering why they kind of made it of, that way. Isn't it sad that you can take a story that is deeply about race and racism and remove it from America and it automatically lo- lo- loses a layer of racism? Oh, <laughs> it deflates just, it. You take so it's like much. an onion of racism and you take several layers off by just taking it out of the American context. It's wild. Yeah. Just saying that blows my mind, but that's a thing. (laughs) That's very much a thing. Okay. And I don't know. I think everything that Stuart Gordon finds interesting about Lovecraft is what I find interesting about Lovecraft. It's more about, it's not the themes, it's the sandbox. Yeah. And I think Jordan Peele would agree with you on that. That's why so many people are drawn to Lovecraft, despite the fact that he's an utter fucking monster. I think it's wonderful. Liz Taylor had this thing where, uh, when she owned the Hope Diamond, that uh, it made her happy. It, it made her happy to know that, or not the Hope Diamond, one of those crazy ones that she had. It made her happy to know that it had survived the Nazis, that like a Jewish girl could have it, right? And so... <laughs> It's kind of interesting that uh, this horrible racist asshole uh, is being best interpreted right now and made modern by a man of color. And that's powerful and hilarious. Yep. Um, I just want to point out that um, Cthulhu and his city, his underwater city of Rylea, mm-hmm. are mentioned in this Thank story. you for that. Yep. Um and here's the adaptation that this thing has had. Okay. Because this was his one book. Right. So novella. I... So Roger Corman tried and failed to make a movie in the 70s. Then it became a Japanese, like, made-for-TV movie called Isthmus Wu Owakagi in 1992. And then okay. it's this, this story, Dagon, in mm-hmm. 2001. It was the inspiration for the Cthulhu film. Uh, in 2007, it was featured in a music video called Escape from Midwich Valley by uh, Carpenter Brutt, which is this really crazy like that name. French John Carpenter-inspired electronic duo. Oh, uh, okay, so it's two names, gotcha. It is the basis of the old great character from The Mighty Boosh is from this story. <laughs> okay. Like, you know, the yeah. Oh, old Greg. Yeah, it's from... It's fair, yeah. so I guess that means, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, like... My life has been touched by Lovecraft more sev- than I've known. Yeah, several video games have been based on this, including, like, video game spinoffs and expansion packs for, like, well-known games. They, oh, yeah, I guarantee there's yeah. a set of this in an uh, MTG. Like, Shadow of the Comet in 1993 was the first one. And then you get the Call of Cthulhu game from 2005. Uh, you get all the way to the Bloodborne expansion, the Old Hunters, to there's a Far Harbor expansion in Fallout 4 that is similar to this. Wow. There's a whole mission in Elder Scrolls 4 that is similar to this. This In this this movie, comic books... This movie has tentacles. <laughs> I'll see myself out. Gross. <laughs> Gross. Yeah, so there is huh. there's something that's when you think about it, you're absolutely right. Like it, it, it. I like the metaphor of the sandbox. That's a great way to explain it. It, yeah, you can make your own thing in this world. It, mm, yeah, well. and seeing as how this is our second to last 
um, Lovecraft. Lovecraft episode before we move into something similar but not quite the same. Uh-oh. Um I just kind of wanted to touch on the two key aspects of Lovecraft. Okay. You know, one this week and one next week. And this week is just, I kind of wanted to touch on the racism and the xenophobia and how he othered everyone who wasn't a white Protestant man from Providence, Rhode Island, basically. Right. Like, he wasn't even apparently a fan of, like, white people from other parts of the country as much like he was yeah he was one of that so in order in order to be considered a wasp you can't be italian because you got your you don't like the italians you can't be uh irish you don't like the irish uh you, you can't be you know eastern european god forbid they might as well be you know uh from the middle east so what 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 does that leave (laughs) that leaves a very tiny little not the Irish right it's just very strange I think weirdly Lovecraft is kind of emblematic of America in the period that he lived Mm -hmm. because that's fair he was a at times well off man who did not know any people of color I'm presuming or at least very well yet hated them and, but created this like insane legacy that is so interesting and such a cultural touchstone moving forward, especially mm-hmm. through horror. Like so much of modern horror runs through this man and what he created, which is crazy. And I love some of my favorite movies sprung out of his alien. stuff by proxy, like right. Alien and John Carpenter's The Thing. Almost all John Carpenter's horror films, actually. That is it, it, but it, quite the conundrum. You, like, look left or you look right, and it's like, there's racism, there's xenophobia, and, and you can't... You, you can't take it out. You can't divorce him from it. Right. Like, and I think there's been this move to kind of walk it back. In the past few years, people like, well, towards the end of his life, he wasn't so bad. But, like, he was, yeah, he was kind of awful. <laughs> like, he, he was... It, yeah. It goes to that argument that people have where they're like, can you separate the art from the artist? And I think you can to a degree. Well, it's an interesting... Hmm. Like, what do you think? Do you think you could separate... I think with the problem, film, it's easier because the, it's the problem collaborative. Is, the problem is we have to we have to acknowledge it, right? We have to acknowledge that Walt Disney made, did all these wonderful things for our culture and our society. However, he, he support he was a Nazi. He supported Nazism, and and he was a racist. So was Henry Ford. Uh, right. You know what I mean? So we have to take that into consideration. But I don't think that negates the the greater good that they've done. You know what I mean? Like, Julius Caesar was a piece of shit. We still have July and August. Like, they were awful. We just can't venerate them. Does that make sense? Like, you can say, this was really good. We have to take the good with the bad. And say, they were a real person. Yeah. I, I think, similar to, like, Henry Ford. 
because I just brought him up. Mm-hmm. Um, he could be a real piece of shit, but he had it, he left an indelible mark on this country. A and B. Just because I hate his politics doesn't mean I'm going to deprive myself of driving a car. If that makes sense, like I think that. I, you know what it is? It, it's the asterisks. Yeah. It's like in baseball. Like, oh, you did all these great things, but there's a little asterisks because you were on steroids. It's also, we need to say, like, wow, Henry Ford did all these great things. Asterisks. But he suppressed people of color, and who knows what they could have done. All those Jewish people. Well, Super but do you know what I mean? Like, Jewish people. Like, he, he was a racist man, and he suppressed other people. And imagine what the world would have been like if we had had so many people like Henry Ford, or if he had used his money for good. You know, and you have to kind of do that. But you also can't live in the what-if world. I, th- I think Lovecraft Country kind of touches on some of these themes, which is, as a matter of fact, I know, especially in the first episode, they touch on them. As a person of color being like, he was a piece of shit who hated anyone who didn't look like him. However, he's gone. And I know the context of the stories, but I'm still allowed to enjoy the stories. Right. Because at that point, the only person I'm punishing is me. Yeah. By I get it. Refusing to take pleasure in something that I can take pleasure in, if that makes sense. And as far as, like, I don't apply the same thing to my Woody Allen and uh, what's-his-face blocking of my life because uh, they're... I don't believe that they've had quite an, an indelible mark on culture. I just, I don't, I don't think so. So, eh, whatever. I can ignore them. They're well, not I, a part of my world. I think the thing with Lovecraft is he was awful... And I don't want to sound like I'm defending him when I say this, but who he was as a person mm-hmm. and his politics and beliefs weren't super out of step with most of the rest of the country or a okay. large swath yeah. of the country at the time. Like, his politics have aged especially poorly, but I think there's a huge difference between Lovecraft and Roman Polanski, who is a rapist and... Woody Allen, who is, I, I want to say an accused rapist, mm-hmm. child molester. Like, I'm not no, saying he is because I'm not trying to get sued if anyone ever Alleged, hears this. Allegedly. But he's allegedly done some pretty horrible things to people. And I think there's a difference. Mm-hmm. Like, H.P. Lovecraft had some really shitty beliefs. But I don't, to my knowledge, he never, like... Hurt somebody. Physically attacked or sexually assaulted anyone, to my knowledge. And I think that's a different level, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm allowed to take someone's shit and then be like, I'm just going to pull the stuff I like out of it. And I'm going to enjoy the filmmakers who take the tidbits of your stuff and make it way fucking better. Yeah. Would I watch this again with my kids? I don't know. It was... <laughs> I... Think mm. this falls into the category, and there's been a few movies that I can say this about. Mm-hmm. I feel like this movie would be uninterested, uh, uninteresting to the older one, and would scare the shit out yeah. of the younger one. So that's a that's a no from me. Um, I don't think I would watch it again just because I don't know. It, it's not really my thing. 
Uh, did anything... Well, we kind of went over the noteworthy and mentionables. Is there anything else associated with the movie before we wrap it up? I mean, there's trivia. Hit me up with that. What is it? There's tons of trivia in this movie. Give me some trivia, yo. <laughs> I want to be able to uh, win on Jeopardy someday. Do you? No. This is never... This, I guarantee you this movie will never come up on Jeopardy. You heard it here, you heard it here folks. That's what I said. That's what I said. Um, so they do a couple things. So the chant that they the, they do at the ceremony, mm-hmm. they do say Cthulhu in that. So that's a thing. Okay. That, so he does get name dropped, but not by a specific character, just kind of in the chant. So okay. there you go. Paul, the main character, has a shirt that says Miskatonic University. That is a H.P. Lovecraft university that features prominently in a lot of his work. That's cool. So that's a connector. Like, there's even been a... It's not like a real university, but there's a bunch of horror academics um, who got together and created a Miskatonic University to teach horror as, like, classes. Oh, that's pretty cool. Online and whatnot. So... That's a neat yeah. uh, little thing to look out for. Do you remember the scene when he's beating the half fish man with a cell phone? Yeah. Yeah. That came out of real life. He really did beat up that guy? No. So Brian, oh, okay. Brian Usna, um, the producer and director mm-hmm. of Society, which we at some point will watch, um, was once in his car with his wife Kathy and they were stopped by a gunman. And then he like had the gun pointed at Brian Usna's face. Brian Usna said he freaked out, was terrified, and was like, I have to do something. So he grabbed the gun and pulled it away from his face. And then they ended up, like, fighting. And then his wife took her cell phone out of her purse and began to hit the man in the face with it. And And he memorialized it in film. After they drove away, she was like, I need a bigger cell phone. Which is why he... (laughs) After he beats the fish man, he's like, I need a bigger cell phone. It's immortalized forever. Yeah. Um, The town in the story is called Mboka. I-M-B-O-C-A. According to the Spanish, Boca um, is translated... Let me get this right. Boca means mouth in Spanish. Mm -hmm. So translating and adding an S, you get the... S mouth, which is the original name of the town, the shadow over N's mouth. Ah, interesting. Right? Little play on words there. Mm-hmm. Little um, cross play. Most of this movie was shot with a handheld camera, which I noticed because there were some scenes where I was like, mm, I'm not a big, I'm not the world's biggest fan of handheld camera, but it works for what they were trying to do. I, I think this is just me, and I know they did it for time. But, but I would have shot everything. I say this like I'm a world-renowned filmmaker, which I'm not. You are to me, baby. <laughs> I think they should have started and did everything like on a tripod stationary. And as thing events started getting more and more out of control, transitioned to, to a handheld camera to be like, oh, you totally lost control of the situation. Oh, yeah. That would have really added a layer. Yeah. Oh. That's anything else? Um... Yeah, weirdly, they wrote Paul Marsh, the main character, to be a Woody Allen style hero. Like, if I can Woody see Allen that. were in a horror movie, 
Yeah, I can see that. And I think I even pointed out to you um, that they really wanted Jeffrey Combs. Because mm-hmm. they basically, the Ezra Gordon looks like Jeffrey Combs and basically plays the part like Jeffrey Combs, I think, would have. Okay. Yeah, you did point, you had mentioned that, I think, in the first half, or maybe when we were watching it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I like this movie. I liked it. It was pretty good. I, like I said, I, I stayed with what I said at the front half of the podcast where this is going to be a solid bronze medal for me mm. this month. I'm not, I'm not giving it away until next week. By the way, what are we uh, watching next week here? <sighs> old buddy, old pal. We are going to jump. It's to the last week. 2020s. Mm. The Color Out of Space. The Color Out of Space. These names are very interesting. They're all like the color out of the what was it of In's mouth? The shadow over the shadow over In's mouth. The color out of space. They're very 1930s titles because they were all written in 1930. But um, makes sense. All right. Well, until then, I'm John and I'm Cindy and I'm still his girlfriend. Yay.